I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. I'm going to give the audience what I think they want. They want chasing, they car crashing. They want the cops to bend the rules to get the job done. They want the boy to get the girl. They want the good guy to win. They want the bad guy to die. Hopefully in the biggest explosion the budget will allow. But most importantly, Senator, they want to walk into a theater and for 90 minutes forget the fucking mess that you have left of this nation. Go get your bubble gum. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Hello and welcome back to the All Out of Bubblegum podcast. Today, we will be talking about two Steven Seagal films. General Commander, and Hard to Kill. Not necessarily in that order. I have with us the usual great co-hosts here. We've got Martin, Stein, and Brandon. Howdy. How are you guys doing today? Hello. I'm good. Yeah, season two, the hard hard follow-up. The difficult sequel. <laughs> yeah, the return of yeah. the All Out of Bubblegum podcast and the return of Above and Beyond the Law, the Steven Seagal retrospective series. Hit that uh, secondary intro. I'm going to take you to the bank, Senator Trent. To the blood bank. I will snatch every motherfucker birthday. What do you mean, we want one? I'm going to fuck you up, I'm going to you up. Yeah, now you're going to be a good person. That's right. I'm going to be trying to fuck a now, I was not born on a fucking turnip truck, man. Can I laugh in your face? So, uh, I think Hard to Kill should have kept its original title of Seven Year Storm. I love that title. Plus, it keeps that whole three-word thing going that everybody likes so much about his early stuff. Yeah, and it fits great with uh, like the pun from the trailer <clears> where <throat> like, now is the climate for revenge. Yeah, this fits together. I don't blame them for changing it. No, not not at all. Like it's a much more marketable title. And also, it doesn't. There's seven years without storm. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, doesn't make sense. Yeah, it also makes no sense. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it it sounds like uh, like a romantic drama, which may honestly it makes me like it more. I mean, this one is a bit of a a romantic drama already. I mean, Steven Seagal has two sex scenes in this. (laughs) That's true. Which is, I think, mathematically, yeah, two more than he ever should have had. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he only gets to consummate one of them, as far as I can tell. Yeah. I will say, I actually do think that the woman who plays his wife in the opening of the film i think he actually has really good chemistry with her yeah he has better chemistry with her than his wife kelly lebrock <laughs> yeah uh, it's it's kind of weird but she plays a very strange character in the film very she just, yeah she just comes across as strange there's something about her uh her fake boarding school english which isn't fake i mean she's raised in england but it's just it's something i find her voice so grating in this which is her real life voice? I also saw that I watched uh, <laughs> them do uh, Arsenio together to uh, promote this, and I mean that is how she talks. But 
I just found it uh, hated listening to her talk in this movie. Well, that's fair. They yeah. did have uh, fun, good chemistry on Arsenio, though. Like he and his wife's, they're really funny together. Actually, so it's a weird, weird kind of interview. He really changes in that interview from because he does the first half of the interview is just Segal and Arsenio, and then they bring out his wife, and he becomes much more affable. Yeah, well, that's something I was going to bring up. Actually, is that this is a film that just reminded me that something that actually he lacks so much in the rest of his like later filmography, which we'll get into, is charm. He just completely forgets to be charming. He's very charming in his early movies. And his characters are charming, and he has a kind of charisma that he breaks, and he doesn't do it at all in the later films. And by later, you mean... Ten movies later, oh, yeah, not even. <laughs> well, I, he just drops the act, and it's so strange that he just—it's uh—I don't—I don't know what to compare it to. Even Charles Bronson gave a little bit of something towards the end. Yeah, even he even has like uh, he has wives and daughters all the time that he's charming to, and Steven Seagal just like now I'm gonna be a lone wolf forever now. He just removes any character he can be charismatic with. Yep. So, Hard to Kill is directed by Bruce Malmuth, who did Nighthawks with Stallone and Pentathlon with Dolph Lundgren. I don't know if I've seen any of his other stuff. I He seems like a very weird, weird director. Like, yeah. uh, apparently on Nighthawks, basically Stallone brought him in so that Stallone could ghost direct Nighthawks more because he didn't, the original director didn't let him ghost direct enough, according to Stallone. That's what I read. Well, not, not like Stallone said it, like, oh, I wasn't ghost directing enough, but more like, you know, he was, he, he, that was, he felt, so. I, I read something similar in uh, Rutger Hauer's autobiography. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and I get the feeling that well, the early successes of Seagal's are largely due to him. I think his his own input, and I think this is probably one of them. I'm guessing he had a clash with this guy as well. Oh yeah, Arsenio, big Arsenio reveal there is that's the first half of the interview, and he's like, uh, "Well, on above the lie, I got to work with a intelligent director." And he really shits on... He never says Bruce Malmuth's name, but he really shits on Bruce Malmuth and uh, really he bring, hype, hype, hypes up uh, Andrew Davis, who he calls Andy in that one. So he's, he he hated working with Bruce Malmuth on this one, apparently. Thought he was mm. not good. Good way to promote yes. your movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why don't you come see this movie that I... Uh, Hated to make. <laughs> <laughs> Director didn't know what the fuck he was doing. Go watch it. Yeah, because they I kept think... Seagal out of the edit, apparently, also. I was not happy with that. Hmm. So, the film itself is, is uh, about... Uh, he's some kind of detective. But he he's he just, on his own, he's out recording a uh, sort of meeting in between a senator hopeful and... Some, some gangsters. Yeah, and he like a gangster he and a cat- assemblyman. Is what it's called. His title. Yeah, yeah. And it's again, interesting. He gets some record. 
I was going to say, it's, What's up? it's interesting to note, the only time that Steven Seagal speaks above a whisper is when he's talking to himself in the opening scene. <laughs> you know, Otherwise, he's always whispering, but when he's trying to be quiet, he's talking very loudly. Well, I was going to say, so he he's there spying, ostensibly, and he has high-end gear and everything. He's got the bionic ear. He's listening to people that are uh, about like 100 feet from him or so. And he is playing a character that is ridiculously clumsy. Yeah. And that's how he gets caught. He's just banging into things. <laughs> and, and that's just weird for Seagal. I mean, maybe that's the whole thing that he was arguing with Bruce Malmuth about. He's like, why am I playing an idiot? You know, getting shot made him good, it turns out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, he, he records them. And he knows the, he has the, the guy on tape. But... So he is there for the mob guy, right? Yeah, I think so. He's working. Uh, he's he's stalking the mob guy, and then he stumbles upon a well, a plot to assassinate a senator once again. Where have you heard this before? <laughs> yeah, and uh, he he does his uh, Steven Seagal thing where he pronounces the Italian mobster's name very Italian-like. Yeah, yeah. It, there's another one later, which is even better. Which yeah. I wrote down. <laughs> but I was gonna say when they come for him and his family, that whole sequence is fairly brutal, very bloody. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're already, then you're already skipping ahead of what's the best scene in the movie, which is the liquor store holdup. Yeah, that that's your favorite scene. I well, I think it's the best fight scene in the movie, without a doubt. Oh, okay. It's a very weird scene, though, because oh, it's... he watches the guy get wasted behind the counter. You know, they, they just shoot him with a shotgun. And then he just he allows the guy to point the gun at his neck and starts talking shit to him, which is a thing you do when you think the guy will not shoot you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're like, you're just bluffing. I'm like, you literally just watched him kill an innocent uh, unarmed man like this guy is laughing that he just did that yeah. and you're like no I, I think I got this guy's number <laughs> it did seem Not like to his credit it, it did seem like very irresponsible behavior for a cop oh yes. he, ju- he just mm. sh- shot somebody let's just waste time by you know a pissing contest yeah with well, the even it's very <laughs> I love he he gets down on his knees <laughs> I'll get down on my knees. <laughs> yeah. It's it's amazing. Yeah. The yeah. best part of that scene though is the mats on the floor that are so obvious. So like when people are being flipped yeah. around you can be they won't be hurt, you know. It's so obvious that there's like little like you know, like little mats on the floor, but I don't know, it doesn't detract from the scene. It's still one of the best convenience store um fights of Steven Seagal's career. I just love the part when he breaks the guy's foot. It's just so yeah. so cool, it's so unnecessary. Just <laughs> I just like that they edit from him just r- r- torturing the guy to them, the police there, arresting everybody or whatever and letting him go. Yeah, I just slime cut to him smiling. <laughs> and there was more jokes about the Oscars. Why Why are <laughs> yeah. the Oscars so important and prevalent in the opening of this? It's like, he's like, I'm missing the Oscars. Are you not watching the Oscars? Oh, you won an Oscar tonight. And then there's even uh, the guys watching uh, Bill, no, what's it? Kingsley win an Oscar? Johnny Carson. Johnny no, Carson. no, the, the, oh. um, they watch... Oh, Ben Kingsley. Yeah, yeah. watch Ben Kingsley. It's like, well, the winner is Ben Kingsley. And it's like, yes, 
like, oh, yeah, his partner really loved Gandhi. <laughs> yeah. <detail>. <laughs> Who didn't? Yeah. Yeah, Oscar quiz. Which, uh, de- which uh, action franchise lead won uh, Oscar that night? Oh, I don't know. It's uh, uh, Iron Eagles, uh, Lou Gossett Jr. Oh. Mm. Talked about Iron Eagle four, two <laughs> pods ago. Yeah. All right. Not for Iron <laughs> Eagle, mind you. He did not win the Oscar for Iron Eagle. It was <laughs> oh, for okay. uh, an officer and a gentleman. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Richard Gere movie, right? Yeah, Richard Gere and All right. Keith Bryan. No, Keith David. Dave? Brian Keith. No. What the one that the, the white one? What yeah. was that? David Brian Keith. Keith. Brian Keith. Okay, yeah. No, no. Keith David Keith. <laughs> David Keith. Keith David. And then the opposite is David Keith. Yeah. <laughs> the Keith Richards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's white. It's just one, one, it's one Keith of each. Richards David. Yeah. <laughs> Should be illegal to have two first names. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, he he murders or brutalizes a bunch of thugs, which fair enough they were. Yeah, as you do. I, I might. It wasn't even really a an actual liquor story robbery. They seem to be. They have a vendetta against this guy. Yeah, there's like, they were they were saying, "Remember yeah, me? Where's your rug? Yeah." Like they 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 robbed him before and <coughs> stole his hairpiece. Yeah, this is like they have history. I don't know. Or he foiled their robbery. I don't know. I think it's pretty bold of Steven Seagal to allow a movie, the scene where he's in, to make fun of someone's hair. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, so in this movie, because I, this is the first time I ever watched this on Blu-ray. Yeah. Did you see I, it too? <laughs> I saw that he had his hairline painted. Yeah. In. That's so obvious, especially. I had never noticed that. Especially like in the scenes when he's recovering after waking up from the coma. I, yeah. Like when he's he's writing out his shopping list of herbs, and then when she comes back, I was like, that is so obvious that they've just painted that triangle in under his hairline. Well, he, I think he's hugging her at one point, or she's hugging him, and they're in bright sunlight, and I. That was when I went, wow, there's like like full two inches that are just painted in. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I posted a clip of it on, on Twitter while watching it. I was like, oh, shit, that is that is very obviously <laughs> uh, just, just painted <laughs> in. This is the triangle of uh, his shoe polish right on his forehead there. Maybe somebody a- just kicked him in the head. Freshly <laughs> polished shoes. Well, he he's very proud of his hair in this movie. There's a he let that gal that plays his wife. She's playing with his ponytail. And, oh yeah, this, the, the, mean, this <laughs> is the debut of the ponytail. Yeah, this is this is the one. And he's got a um, big big ponytail in this one. And also, yeah. when he's in the coma, they try to make it seem like he has his hair grown out. But I'm pretty sure yeah. it's the same length, just <laughs> not in the ponytail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's fabulous. I love yeah. it, you know, so I get, I get it. He's like, yeah, show off that hair, because it's coming out the sides of his head, amazingly. But <laughs> oh well, uh, I, I don't know. I always think the the fascination with his hair is just because of what he does with it. It, it he has the in, most interesting hairline of any 
a Hollywood actor, I think. Oh, everyone it's him and Nick Cage. Loves Nick Cage. Yeah. Everyone loves Nick Cage though, and I I'm always fascinated by whatever Seagal's doing now. Yeah, but Nick, Nick Cage isn't really hiding it though, is he? No. Well, Not usually. He he did the same thing as as um as Seagal, kind of like where they just at some early at some point in their career they just invented a hairline and was like this is what my hair looks like and like this with Steven Seagal it's the it was the triangle and with Cage he's got this sort of like more obvious a high arches look with a with a thing in the front but no there's I don't know I mean because now Nick Cage is doing it up he's like oh yeah now suddenly my hairline's just changed that at age 60 so i don't know <laughs> but yeah i don't know where where because the thing is that you can clearly see where seagal is balding i don't know wh- where cage was balding exactly but like if you look at his like right around the early 90s the 80s early 90s he has a very specific very clear natural hairline and then just from around the mid uh, 90s and out it's just become this no this is the patterned a Nick Cage hairline now, and it never, never changes, never moves. So you, mm, that doesn't feel like the natural progression of what you had three years ago, my dude. <laughs> oh, bless him. I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. It's it's uh, it's interesting. I don't. I the thing that like I just feel like uh, what you're saying with Cage is that he seems to have a, a set idea, whereas Seagal. It doesn't. It's like he thinks he's fooling everybody still. Yeah. And and it's very weird because I don't think he needs it. It's certainly not as his characters in the first above the above the law, and Nico. He just he didn't need, and he didn't try. And now, you know, from this film on, he is just pretending he has the thickest hair you've ever seen, <laughs> thickest darkest hair. Although, in General Commander, which I'm skipping ahead, obviously, but he put little wisps of white in there. Hmm. Oh, I didn't notice that. So I thought, oh, I did. I was like, oh, he's doing something. Like I said, I'm fascinated by his hair now. (laughs) Yeah, well, because in General Commander, skipping ahead just a little bit for one second more again, is that they also do make a lot of mentions about his, his age, in that one, like yeah. this doesn't downplay that he's, I don't know, however old he was when he made at sixty-five or something. Uh, no, yeah, well, he's pushing seventy, I think, but it's hard to say because his hair is so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> he got me. He fooled me. Yeah. Uh, Steven Seagal turned seventy-four. No, seventy-two this year. Okay. Just for the record, in like real life. And he still he looks very year. unhealthy, sixty. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, Seagal in the coma, because he, he gets, yeah. he, he basically gets gunned down and his, his little six-year-old child manages to escape a bunch of, uh, well-trained goons. I assume they're well-trained. I think they're cops. Uh, some of them are. I, I yeah. think only, it's only established is that Dean Norris is the, he's, his character is clearly established as a dirty cop. And I don't know if the other assassins are cops or not, but we do know that that there there are dirty cops are involved, but it's not so, set. Uh, yeah, the other guys are part of the senator's entourage or protection unit. 
Yeah, it's hard. I don't understand it much myself. They don't really go into the, what they are. Even the guy that goes to the hospital and is ostensibly the the head hitman guy, with his goatee and everything. Yeah, guy. That guy kills the wife. Yeah, and that guy, I'm not really sure what he is beyond uh, just a blanket assassin. He just he really enjoys his job, but that's that's about all I can glean. And that's nice to see, though, people enjoying their job. <laughs> <laughs> like, that guy has a good time killing people. Yeah. He's got the biggest grin every time he's about to do it. Yeah. And when Steven Seagal gets attacked and his family in his bedroom, you know, he has that gun ready to go. He just, like, whips that thing out and just starts popping people. He's he's prepared at, at like, a moment's notice to start shooting people. Oh, yeah. You never know when you're going to have an argument with the wife. You better have the shit on the nightstand. <laughs> well, did you ever see that interview that he did? There was, there was a fellow that came to his house, and he's just talking to him, and and the guy goes, is that a gun over there? And Seagal, like, reaches under the cushion and goes, yeah. And he's like, that's not what I was talking about. I was talking about the other one. He goes, oh, this one. <laughs> he just starts pulling guns out of everywhere. He's he, he, in real life, is that guy. He just has guns all over his damn house. Mm-hmm. So... That's the most realistic part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, I'll take it. Also, the the uh, senator, Senator Trent, is played by William Sadler, credited as Bill Sadler. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Death himself, or uh, what's the character from Die Hard do he plays? I don't know. Colonel, Naked tai Colonel Chi Man. Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Naked Chi, tai Chi Remote <laughs> Control Man from Die Hard 2, Colonel yeah. Stewart. <laughs> I love that they have that guy playing a senator. Yeah. He has just such a bad guy face. Yeah. And following up from Henry Silva, they're just like picking like the people with uh, the faces where you don't even have to ask, is that the good guy, bad guy? No, no doubt. That's the face of evil. Yeah. But uh, it's, I don't know. I, I love, I love the, the combination because William Sadler, I think is like, like five foot five or something. <laughs> And he's got to go against Seagal, who's just, he, he towers over everyone in this movie. Even the, that liquor store fight, I'm like, what is, like, what's the idea here? He's just a giant man. When he gets down on his knees, I'm like, he's still almost as tall as that guy. <laughs> yeah, for for all the, like, things you make fun of Seagal for, like, no, he, he is tall. He's not, it's not like yeah. he's, he's not like doing the Tom Cruise thing where he's like, Trying to hide that he's not not tall. Steven Seagal is freakishly tall. Yeah, like he he sticks right out. I'm just I have to imagine that when he was in Japan, man, that he it must have just been weird seeing that guy. When I was Japan, it was great because whenever I had lost my friends, I could just see them because <laughs> <laughs> we, we both towered over everybody else. Just, oh, he's over there. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, I think when when they introduced Kelly Brock's character. And he's in the coma. I was just like, she is a very strange nurse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, she's he's very clearly checking his dick, his dick out. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know. Oh, you have so much to live for. <laughs> yeah. I have a friend, and he. This is probably the Seagal movie he quotes the most in person. This is the most He'll quotable just, Seagal movie. Yeah, I think all he my favorite Seagal quotes are from this. The, the number one thing he'll say, though, is is just the character's name. He'll just go, Mason Stoll. <laughs> he'll just do that all the time. 
did, did he sign up to be a blood donor just so that he could get an extra quote in there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope so. But, uh, I like the the thing about that quote, the blood bank thing, that is my, my top favorite thing about it is that he's just sitting alone by himself when he says it. Yep. Yeah. yeah, says it to nobody. Just sits in the room watching yeah. <laughs> TV by himself. Actually, I think the TV might be off during that scene. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not. He's like he's imagining watching a, watching no, the no. video. Seeing the TV yeah. gives him the flashback to when he watched uh, TV. Walked by the TV. William Sadler on the TV. Yeah, but yeah. it's so weird. It's like the he's t- a flashback t- to the time he wasn't really watching TV. <laughs> he's just walking by it. It's like the, that, I mean, that's what happens. The TV's a character, yeah. But no, it's good because the, the the whole thing about it is like that they identify Sadler by his 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 uh, go to quote. So it's it's nice that it's also is the one of the most quotable Seagal movies. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a lot of good there's stuff. A, there's another quote in there that doesn't really make sense when you think about it, but it's still fucking great. Which one? It's uh, towards the end when he kills the guy. He goes, "Now you're a good cop." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cop, I so love that. Dead cop makes no sense. But yeah, but it's so he funny. is a cop, so he do- he doesn't hate cops. Well, he's not a cop anymore. That's the thing. Like his his friend cop quit, and he went into a coma. So now there's only dirty cops left. Mm. Yeah, no, so I he suddenly that. hates all cops. Yeah. Well, I wanted to like. Okay. So I tried to pay attention this time because I when I first saw this movie, I thought. Oh, he says that because he heard that guy say, "The only good cop is a dead cop." You know, right? That's that. That's a saying people say. And uh, I thought, oh, that's what he, he's remarking. He's he's doing a callback. But I re watching this, I was like, he never says that. So he just says that. Now you're a good cop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like implicit now. But I'm guessing that they probably did say that in some earlier version of the movie. And it was just edited out that earlier scene that sets up the line. Yeah. So now it's just some like brutal, implicit thing he says. Because this one is is heavily cut, apparently. Uh, I believe it. It feels like things are missing. It ends so abruptly. Like you kind of see what they're going for, ending on that um, on the video footage, but they really should have. Like it feels like it should have ended like a like a little denouement. You know, uh, O'Malley is dead and maybe they're at a funeral and he's talking to his kid and he's gonna be like oh we're gonna go off you know i'm your dad now we're not gonna be involved in cop stuff whatever i don't know i've got my i've got this this babe of a nurse who's gonna be your new mom now i don't know something yeah you see the stuff of it you can find publicity stills and uh there's in the trailer even there's stuff there's uh what is uh some of the deleted stuff like uh there is a day a funeral scene for o'malley was uh, shot. It's deleted. Uh, the original ending where he kills uh, William Sadler's in the trailer. You can, you don't see him killing him, but there's a line there where he. But that's from that ending. The scene where they they torture um, the nurse nurse's friend. That oh yeah, because she just disappears. Yeah, she just comes and some guys like, oh yeah, she died. And uh, <laughs> well, so there's just things. So I think that the reveal of William Sadler. Um, should have happened maybe halfway into the movie. Instead of like, but they just show you right up front that it's him. Yeah, they and then they have the scene where he so he's in the hospital and he's giving a speech about oh I worked with Mason Storm and he's like mm. on the verge of tears and going that to think that this could happen in this country, 
he's he's given given a whole political thing, but that would have been a better reveal if he'd been a character, and then it's revealed no that he was actually the bad guy the whole time. Like it feels like this movie was constructed very differently, and then they just went ahead and made a very straightforward action flick out of it. Yeah, now he gets like a rise to bad guy power montage while Steven Seagal is in a coma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I I like it this way because I think uh, it, we it the audience would have been onto it. Probably. Yeah. Or maybe not. I don't know that that if they if he was more of an established character because like I said they have that whole scene when he's in the hospital and William Sather's just talking about oh I knew him and he was great. Is uh, I think the first time I watched this it confused me because I was like oh I thought okay so now now I know he's doing a thing but they don't really play up there. Um, dichotomy much so it doesn't really do anything you're just like oh he has sex with his uh his nurse and Mm. then he looks in the mirror he's disgusted with himself and decides no i'm just gonna kill everybody that's how i'm gonna get rid of these feelings (laughs) it's very straightforward that's what happens yeah yeah well it's it's really weird that's when he becomes hard to kill I thought he became hard to kill when they shot him like 10 times with a shotgun. No. And he didn't die. No, it's when he gets an <laughs> erection for murder. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I see. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So then, well, then um, he goes on killing everyone. Not but really, but... I love... I, I do My think, favorite's the scene uh, when O'Malley comes back and finds him and gives him his gun. Steven Seagal holds his, his little speech about we have superior yeah. knowledge, superior skill. That's how we're superior mindset. Superior mindset. Superior attitude. Yeah. That's the thing. Oh, it's so good. We're outgunned and undermanned, but you know something? We're gonna win. And I'll tell you why. Superior attitude, superior state of mind. We'll get them, buddy. Believe me. Every fucking one of them. I think the escape from the hospital is very well handled. I think it's a great suspense scene, you know, where he's in his um gurney and he's like he just came out of a coma, so he can't really like run or uh, use his hands very well. So he has to like use like a broom, not a broom, he, like he a mop. He can't even even during his montage. He can't really run or use his hands very well. <laughs> well, <laughs> he always looks like that when he runs. It doesn't matter what movie. I know. But yeah. uh, I I love the escape scene. It is very tense, and then the, I love when the guy just starts beating the shit out of the janitor. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but it becomes very comical when uh, she's pushing his his cart around yeah. and she's slamming into everything. Yeah, that, it feels like she's trying to hit things. Women drivers, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kelly LeBrock, uh, I'm like, oh, they did not practice this. She's mm-hmm. just smashing into everything. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, was, I wanted to ask, because there's some stuff in there as well about the president... And I thought, oh, they're going to reveal that William Sadler wants to be president, but I don't think that's in there. No, it's, it's you just see George Bush kiss, kissing a pig. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's really all of, all of that is. I, I thought I might be misremembering, but I thought it was another reference to the presidency or the president or something. Well, it's I think. It's oh yeah, yeah. No, um, of... he wants to be. He's he's leading candidate to become vice president they say ah, okay. that William that's William Sadler that. 
is hoping to run as the VP on uh, Bush's re-election ticket, I guess. They don't say it that specifically, but... I don't know. He, or maybe he's running with Bill Clinton. I mean, two criminals in a pod. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I think he, he's a little bit more... Um, I think he's sort of a contrarian type. You know, he, he's anti... Seagal is very anti-government at this stage in his career, and his movies always reflect that. And so I, I, I always kind of read this as, as him being a little left-leaning. But Sather is clearly a kind of, like, democratic um, stand-in because they have a whole scene where his, his what he's telling everybody is he's going to get rid of all the guns. Gang guns. Yeah, well, he, he just says guns. No, I think they specifically say gang member guns or gang guns. Well, okay. Even Ronald Reagan supported gun control when it was like for, you know, African Americans. So uh, it could have been it. I don't know. Yeah, he, feels- but he's standing there. He's got he's got grenades and things on the table, <laughs> and yeah. he's going, "We're gonna get rid of these violent weapons. Get them off the streets." Yeah. Yeah. But that's the the thing that you'll hear Republicans always say is that the Democrats are going to come take all your guns and they're going to raise your taxes, which is another thing they say in this movie. He says uh, no new taxes, although that's a Republican thing. Yeah. In fact, that's a uh, George H.W. Bush thing. Yeah. Read my lips. He actually yeah. said no new taxes. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's just like a, a mix of these political candidates. He's yeah, like I, a stand-in for just politicians in general. Yeah, exactly. That's what I think. Yeah, because, I mean, even the George Bush clip could go either way. Like, either is he the counterpart to George Bush, or is he, like, he wants to be his VP? They never say yeah, which, which. They say VP, but they never say if he's running with Bush or against Bush. I didn't get a good read on that, because I was like, is he, are they kind of like, uh, a president shouldn't be doing that, you know, kissing the pig? <laughs> kind of thing but also like what, what was his his president would have been ronald reagan who was about as phony as you could come although he's sort of revered on the right so who knows oh uh, seagal yeah i i guess yeah yeah we get well because he when he gets shot that's like right after reagan got shot isn't it yeah i think that's the 82 oscars which is what he's watching isn't that the one that got postponed because reagan got shot Sir Han, Sir Han. No, that was um. Wasn't it Hinckley who shot Ronald Reagan? Oh, you're right. You're yeah. right. Because I remember the X Files joke. Oh, was that that earlier? Yeah. Uh, you know my I'm, my dates are all messed up on presidential assassination attempts. It was eighty one or eighty two, one of those two years, I think. Okay, well, uh, everything. We might be reading too much into this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they, if he 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 was trying to make a commentary on this. Yeah, have you listened to John Hinckley's music? Did <laughs> no. Devo appropriate some of his lyrics for one of their songs? Oh no, he's doing it now. Oh like really? He's he's, okay. he's, he's, he's like uh, posting videos of himself playing acoustic guitar on uh, social media and stuff. That's what he's doing now. Selling pictures, paintings on eBay. You can go buy a painting he did of a cat if you want. Make <laughs> make you know get get that dollar, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's time time that America came together as a nation and forgave John Hinckley for his poor aim. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, 
Steven Seagal, Kelly LeBrock stay at a fr- doctor friend's house. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. house-sitting for six months. Yes, there's a guy who's in China for six months and he knows Kelly LeBrock's parents, I believe is the official explanation. Yeah, and she's house-sitting for them. So they have a place Speak- to, to, rest, yes, to rest up. Speaking of explanations, there was some controversy on our Discord over how he was able to heal in about a week or whatever they they don't really give you a time frame in the movie but it's it's essentially magic <laughs> he he uses eastern acupuncture and and things like that and has incense burning out of his acupuncture needles yeah. <laughs> punches a board acu- a few times and he's good acupuncture is another thing that steven seagal claims to have studied while he was in japan just yeah. for the record uh, I, he got a few massages and basically I'm an expert. I don't know. He might, he might be totally uh, amazing at, at that BS science. So who knows? Yeah. We sent Kelly Lilbrock to Chinatown to buy some over the counter stuff and he heals himself with it. Yeah. But he also does like good old fashioned, just weightlifting. Yeah. And running. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of unintentionally. Yeah. If that's what that, is that what that was? No. <laughs> But he was trying to fly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, there is an eagle. You can hear an eagle when he, he reaches the top. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Finally, the I thought ad- that was him. The animal kingdom has approved him for murder. <laughs> yeah, there's also that horse <laughs> metaphor, like the horse escapes during one of the shootouts, you know, like, oh, his spirit is free now. Oh. That is a very strange shot, I think. It's also weird. On the Arsenio interview, they keep talking about <clears throat> horses like that. It, it seems like... Kelly Lebrock is just constantly making references that Steven Seagal has a massive cock. <laughs> they worked it into the movie. Yeah, that, so. that's it. Because it's in the movie, and then they 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 talk about uh, they just bought a horse farm, and she's like, "Oh yeah, Steven Seagal is a bit like a horse." It's like, well, is it the ponytail or is it the cock? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll have to take her word for it. <laughs> we know that he. He is a huge dick, so it's very pop. Yeah, because they also keep doing, they talk about acupuncture and then about, oh, did he, he poke you with his big needle? And it's like, just, what were we doing on television in the 90s where you just, <laughs> you know, just question you, people you about that their, their and I, sex life? I just, yeah, well, I just realized when you said that that I believe I've seen this interview. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wait, I just had flashbacks. Like so awkward. Like what the fuck? Are you telling me she didn't fall for him because of his bubbly personality? <laughs> I I I believe very much that he was probably quite charming to her. Yeah. Charming like a sociopath, but yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> because like once again though, he he is he, even in this movie, he he's pretty charming for a lot of it. He's like, you know, what does what does he say to her? Are you the one that gave me this beard or something? Yeah, because even here down there, he's he's patented. He knows it's gonna be a goatee eventually. He just yeah. his hair is too big. But then later, when he went back to it, he's trimmed it down. <laughs> so uh, but, uh, Kelly LeBrock was the one who gives him the gave the um, him the idea for the now patented Steven Seagal goatee. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe it. <laughs> Does anything happen before he has his blood bank quote? 
we need to talk about? Well, just that they track her down and everything because they follow her to the the house. And somehow she is... Apparently it's all over the news that this woman's been murdered, but she's missed this entirely. And <laughs> I, I, We've missed guessing... it because they cut it out of the film. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And this is the this is sort of the part where like the movie, I'm not sinks it because I still I still do enjoy this movie, but it starts really like falling together for me. It's like this this section where they clearly cut a bunch of out and it's just stuff to just like sort of move the plot towards an end, and it's just ugh, not a fan of this yeah. section of the movie. Uh, I do like the action in it when the guys show up and. It's just a gunfight where they're just blasting apart this poor man's house. That unfortunately, we'll never get to see yeah. his reaction coming home. <laughs> a post-credit scene of him coming home to his house. That <laughs> they just they just left, and the corpses are still there and everything. <laughs> he should be pulling in with his wife, and he's going, "No, no, no. She is a friend of the family's. Yeah. Uh, we trust nobody more with the safety and." And everything of our home, as they pull in, there's like a balcony falling down, <laughs> chickens running wild. Who knows? And the horse is just living <laughs> inside the house now. Yeah. Oh, there is one. Im- the thing. There is one important part that we did forget, which is when Steven Seagal is real coming back to the world, and he's watching TV. And it's like, what world? Where, where am I now? What's happened in these seven years? And he gets to watch. Uh, Geraldo, he's <laughs> yes. just like Geraldo. <laughs> yeah. To show he, his, why is it? He got to showcase his amazing Spanish skills. <laughs> why is he? Well, he speaks Spanish at one point too. But why is? Why does he? Why is that in the movie? It's so weird. Yeah, and Geraldo. It's so. Was he? Had he changed a lot in status from 1982 to 1990? Like, is that the most relevant celebrity you could pick <laughs> that made a drastic yeah. change? Because it's like they're doing <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the Back to the Future Ronald Reagan thing, but like in reverse. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know. That's just, I don't know. Maybe it's just like hey, Geraldo. Yeah. I don't know if he was ever like a serious person. <laughs> well, he was, like, his show's. Like they used to be on all the time. I remember watching when I was a kid, and I mean it was very tabloidy. It's not, it's not much different than like Jerry Springer. Uh, there there were all these shows like that with Ricky Lake and Geraldo. They were very similar type of shows. Wasn't her? In fact, Oprah, Oprah kind of came out of that. Wasn't Geraldo the one that went to Al Capone's vault and found nothing like on live television? Yes. Yeah, like we're gonna raid Al Capone's vault. And they go in there and it's just like nothing. And they made fun of it on UHF, the Weird Al movie, where they like raid Al Capone's like um, dashboard or whatever. And he's like, road maps! You know, they find like road maps in Al <laughs> yeah. Capone's car or whatever. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it is a those... weird choice because November 1989, the Berlin Wall fell. Oh. Mm. So if you like had to. Oh, <laughs> uh, what you did was the Hasselhoff concert. Come on, Steven. Yeah. We could have been like, listening oh, to Looking for Freedom, <laughs> blasting out by the half here. <laughs> no, but if you want to show, like, oh, the world has changed since yeah, he... Yeah. Well, you think if yeah. you really wanted to, like, 
hammer that home, but it was more weird to him that the president was kissing a pig than that, you know, East Germany and West Germany are are no longer, like, split. <laughs> that, yeah. That's more weird to him. Yeah. <laughs> I also love the fight he has with, uh, what's his name, Renegade? In the oh, Bra- Bronze, Co- Bronze Comb Richmond. Is that it? Bronze Comb Richmond. Yeah. That guy? Uh, Renegade. Yeah. Well, he's I not. I don't know his real name. <laughs> Bronze Comb Richmond. Okay. Well, he's yeah. in a lot of stuff. Shows up everybody. Yeah, he plays the partner in Renegade. Well, not the partner, because they're Renegades, but <laughs> you know. Yeah, and I have to say that the cinematography in this film is beautiful. And especially oh, yeah. this fight scene, it's it's like at nighttime, but there's all these neon lights in the background. Yeah, gorgeous just, stuff. Just going back to like No Man's Land from last time, I was just I just ah, oh, I'm so nostalgic for just bad, not great movies just looking good. When can we can yeah. we have this back? Just like g- decent cinematography, cool looking night stuff. Yeah, well, you know, this is the guy that did uh, Strange Days and Commando and done weird science with Kelly the Brock so he can he can film a he can film a movie yeah and he went on to shoot Too Fast Too Furious <laughs> oh my god okay I take it back <laughs> no I'm kidding actually that movie the movie uh, Too Fast Too Furious actually is probably one of the better uh, photographed of that series it's really funny if you watch just the shot compositions of several of them several scenes in that movie um, one image in particular always stands out to me you'll see it if you look up uh, Rant's review of the movie um, absolutely fantastically frame shot where the uh, when Tyrese is pulling Paul Walker away from the woman towards a bunch of sailor men like <laughs> wow good good what a great metaphor this is a fantastic shot <laughs> like other people might not get what they're doing there, but he he, he understood the assignment. <laughs> I got to give props. Oh, okay. oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. I got to give Who props to O'Malley in this. He is the MVP of the show. He like adopts Steven Seagal's son in this, basically, just because like Steven Seagal got shot and goes into a coma, and O'Malley dies for him. O'Malley, you have my respect, man. Rest in peace. That's why I'm saying they needed a scene at the end of the movie. And apparently there was one or yeah they shot something it. Was shot. You can see it in the trailer scenes from the funeral scene, which was ending the movie, which uh, ends the movie in the script too. And also, okay. an important detail from the script is that um, it does specify that Steven Seagal has to listen to "To Feel So Good" by uh, Chuck Mangione when he's driving home from the to the liquor <laughs> store when he's listening uh, to the it, tape. It's, I don't know why. This is a very interesting, um, you know, like, I, I I, don't know what that says about the character, but it's just like, okay. No, it's so, so very, so rarely do you, do you read, like, actual directions for what music to be used in scripts, especially older scripts. I think Tarantino's made it uh, popular because he, he always does it. If you can read, like, if you go back and read, like, uh, True Romance, the original script, it calls for completely different songs. But this one calls for specifically him to listen to, like a ten-minute instrumental (laughs) trumpet song in his car. It's it's so funny because he's sitting there, like, yeah, like digging to this elevator music. (laughs) (laughs) 
And he's like, that reminds me, I should listen to this tape of these criminals I was just recording. <laughs> That's what he does. And he, and he sits there going, I know that voice. Just supposed to clue us in that uh, he knows that voice. <laughs> <laughs> it's a subtle, subtle reference to him having knowledge yes. of that voice. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, di- we didn't really talk about the tape yet, because that's basically what the MacGuffin. Yes. So everything is because of this tape. Well, actually, there's two tapes. It kind of gets a little convoluted. There's a videotape, and then there's an audio tape that he recorded with the bionic ear. But that's what the bad guys are at his house for. Why they kill his wife. Yep. Why they go after him after he comes out of a coma. And yes, by the way, did you guys notice when he comes out of a coma, it's 6.50? And then he says like, oh, we got to get out of here. They'll be here in an hour. And the next time we see a clock, when the hitman shows up, it's exactly one hour later. Oh, really? Yeah. I did not notice that. That's uh, okay. Excellent detail, actually. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as he yeah. said that, I got an hour Martin was like, okay, well, got my watch. <laughs> Let's see. I just, I just thought it was so weird that he framed it so that the, the, the clock was easily seen. Like, there must be... Why are they showing the clock? And then they showed the clock later, and I was like, ah, that's why. He's so prophetic. he ends up uh, recuperated. Um, he just kind of starts going out and about doing things on his own. Uh, and, and of course everything falls down on them. He ends up in a, I think a pretty good action scene. Um, and to go back to that horse, the thing that I had remembered and I remembered wrongly was that when they, he drove through the fence with the Jeep knocks out like the top two or so boards on the fence. I had remembered that the horse was free because it was, it got through the hole in the fence but when I rewatched it, there's just a door open and the horse just runs off. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. like it's completely unconnected to that gunfight. Uh, anyhow, I think that 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 whole scene is great. That whole fight scene, that whole action sequence, it's fantastic. But it it's one of those things where I went, oh, you know, actually all the action is pretty good in this movie. Oh yeah, I love the action scenes. That oh yeah, the action. I'm no no problem with the action. The there downtime. are like two two cuts where he does like a grapple and then it just cuts to one of the stuntmen sort of jumping across <laughs> frame. Yeah. Disproportionately to the the move that Seagal was putting on him. <laughs> so that's kind of funny, but yeah, leaning into the fall a little bit. Yeah, but they just cut to a separate shot, so it's not like an actual reaction to Seagal's move. It's just the guy is just jumping like he got hit by a truck or something well, i liked when he tosses the guy off the indoor balcony onto the coffee table i was like that has great impact oh yeah yeah that whole scene at the house is a great action scene it's got some hand-to-hand combat it's got some gunfight action it's got like some car action you know it's, it's got a little bit of everything in that little like five minute scene it's really great yeah it is my, my favorite bone break which like, one the foot one is great but the guy with the arms across how oh yeah how you explain it's like it's like a little twist people into a pretzel across (laughs) their own chest and then break him and then throwing him into the china cabinet i always think he does that in uh, marked for death as well to a guy and i'm always like when that guy wakes up he's gonna have like the worst day of his life (laughs) 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 yeah the other sequence that 
I think is great is his little raid on the mansion at the end. Oh yeah. Where he's just, where he's writing the messages to like random henchmen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just absolutely love the swagger that he has throughout that whole scene. I was watching it, um, and my my wife came home from work, and she walks in in time to see. I think it was on the back of the toilet seat or something. He said, "Fear of, or anticipation of death is worse than death itself." And she just goes, "That's true." <laughs> <laughs> that's what it, that's what it's like being married to you. <laughs> yeah, that's why she didn't think it was a horror movie or something like that. That's pretty insane. <laughs> I have no idea what she thought. Okay. <laughs> she just sat down and started watching it. <laughs> I was like, I, had to, I didn't have to explain. Oh yeah, he, he they killed his wife because he stabs the guy and. Oh. The neck and goes, that's for my wife. Fuck you and die. <laughs> oh, Kicks him yeah. in the face. That, that, that's, that's generally my... one of my favorite one-liners of all time. Yeah, that's my favorite <laughs> line from this movie, too. More than the blood bang? <laughs> yeah, because the blood bang doesn't make sense. <laughs> okay. it's, just, no. it's, it's funny. But fuck you and die. Is, is, and that moment works so well and it's so good. Okay, okay. And his line I... delivery is, is brilliant as well. Like he Which can one? do the... F- well, all of them, really. He can yeah. do the funny ones, but it's so to the point. Well, that's like, why Ar- like... Arnold Schwarzenegger is the king of one-liners, but he couldn't do these. No, that, but that's just why something I like, about uh, the way he says him. Yeah, that's why I like you're now you're a good cop <laughs> because yeah. you're just like damn, like he's like thinking it in his head. <laughs> Only good cop is a dead cop. That's what he's thinking. Yeah, and then he just does it, and he says it to no one. Once again, the guy's already dead. Postmortem one-liners are, are sometimes the best. Yeah, <laughs> I do like the line where he's like talking to the senator, and he's like, "You're gonna go to prison, and uh, you're not gonna be able to uh, remain anal retentive for long." Oh you know? Jesus! <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I always like that he jam- he he smashes that little sawed-off shotgun into his mouth. Yeah. And you're just like, ugh. You can see him bleeding, like, like open his mouth yeah. too much almost. Yeah. It's brutal. Also, he shoots him ostensibly. They make, like, a, a little dick joke, mm-hmm. I guess, to, like, that's that's your, oh, the mirror image of this guy with his massive Kelly the Brock loving cock. <laughs> I, uh, I thought it was a tiny balls joke. Yeah. Well, either way, but it's just like, yeah. and then he shoots, and then there's no, like, gaping hole in the robe or anything (laughs) (laughs) which i was expecting i don't again i thought i i was just remembering wrong i was like oh it just he just put that joke in as like a reshoot oh you know what you're right i'm thinking about it now i'll bet they did film him killing him and then they that whole ending there is a is a reshoot very well could be because they don't want like a an ending where he just kills a senator you know that's not a great look so they probably like "Eh, we need to soften this a little because because he saved a senator in the last movie so you're like yeah it's kind of weird that he just (laughs) now you're the senator killer (laughs) are we the fucking romans (laughs) yeah there's also like two moments of really weird noticeable adr that i noticed this time one of them is where after the car chase and then kelly lebrock says something but i can't really remember what it is i know no i noticed that too yeah i noticed that but i can't remember either yeah yeah something about like um I can't remember, but I know I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And there's another scene where he's like driving off, and you hear some woman screaming at the milkman. Yeah, oh, I didn't yeah. know what that was. I 
Yeah. Where's yeah. buttermilk? Yeah, don't forget my buttermilk. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I was going to put on... so uh, awkward. Yeah, I was going to put on subtitles, so I was like, what the hell did she just yell? It was so weird. I was like, who said that? Yeah. They're like, oh, we have this great shot of the car driving away, but it's a bit quiet. <laughs> Let's ADR some crazy lady into it. <laughs> That's a weird... He, I think, maybe this is... He discovered ADR in this film because he uses it so much in the rest of his early career there, especially on Deadly Ground. Oh, That's yeah. one where I was like, he is just overloading on ADR. Yeah, yeah, people in the background saying, oh, we got this big badass here, Forrest Taft coming in. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just, there's tons of it. People are just saying all kinds of stuff. My favorite is, it's not even my favorite, actually. It was just a random person going in the bar fight. You hear somebody say, he doesn't have a fucking clue. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, what? But yeah, uh, uh, it gets to the end. Um, He decides not to murder the senator. In front of uh, every cop on the force, <laughs> it was probably a good move yeah. uh, politically and uh, any other way. They're also a bit late with telling him they know he's innocent or not innocent, yeah. but they wait a long time. They're like, "Maybe we'll yeah. see if he does it." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we need to make him a good cop. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, it's I, I enjoy this movie uh, uh, immensely. It's probably, it's my least favorite, I think, of his early films up until, like, Fire, Fire Down Below. Yeah, same. Exactly but, what I what I wrote down. It's, like, my least favorite of that first golden period, but it's still, still so much fun. It's really fun, yeah. Oh, this is my absolute favorite of his. Really? I, mean, I, I need to re-watch a lot of them. Oh, I fucking love, this is my, this is essential Seagull for me. I like it a lot, too, because it's so straightforward compared to something like Above the Law. Now, Above the Law is a good movie, but Hard to Kill, for the most part, is pretty straightforward. A guy gets shot into a coma, he wakes up, and he wants revenge. Now, there's some other like plot convolutions along the way, but for the most part, it's a pretty simple story, and that's why I like it a lot. Okay. I like the, the 70s thriller angle of getting the tapes. The tapes. We have to protect yeah. the tapes. Get the tapes. And also that, like, he's sort of vulnerable at the start because he like he, he loves his wife and he he almost dies yeah it's one of the few times and we see to, oh, sorry. yeah then he has to go and prevent the bad guys from getting the tape but then towards the end the tape is safe and he's like I'm gonna fuck him up and then at that moment he gets that swagger when he walks into the mansion and he just fucks them up mm-hmm. yeah it's one of the few times well, I love oh, sorry oh, oh, now Go ahead. It's one of the few times we see Segal shirt shirtless. I mean, he's very vulnerable here, so he, yeah. he's shot. That's a good point. Yeah, there's a reason we don't see him shirtless more often. He should have been spared it in this. <laughs> <laughs> I quite like that he isn't like a, a gym. Doesn't have gym muscles. Yeah, they're just. Like, like it, 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 there's movies where you see Schwarzenegger, and you're like, there's no way you look like that being a fireman. <laughs> well. Was it in a Total Recall where he's a construction worker? Yeah. I'm like, yeah I was is. like, I believe his friend is a construction worker. I believe yeah. that. Yeah. I don't believe for a second that you're a construction worker, dude. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't need super big muscles to fuck somebody up. Yeah, it's no, they just help. Yeah, Schwarzenegger yeah. <laughs> does not look human at all. No. But even, <laughs> even next to, like, Norris and Bronson, Seagal doesn't look very fit yeah no. well Bronson well, is 
Ridiculous. He was he was like the standard muscle dude forever. God, he has such fucking long arms too. Oh yeah, big and long. Hmm. He has that mm, worked in a cave since he was uh, no in a mine. I mean, yeah, worked in a oh, coal mine since he was twelve. Body. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember which Bronson film it was, but there was one where he was. He's a he's a Native American chief, and the there's a bunch of uh, actual Native Americans around him, which I think must have been awkward to shoot that scene. But they're just, you know, they're like regular dudes just hanging out. And then he comes out of the tent and he's just shredded. <laughs> you're like, I see why he's chief, I guess. Everyone's like, oh, damn. That's a, is it Broken Arrow? Not a Broken Arrow. Drum beat. Run, 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 of, the run arrow. of the Arrow. Run of the Arrow. It might be Run of the Ch- Arrow. Yeah. Chato's Land? Chato's Land? No, he's, then no, that one he's completely alone. The whole thing okay, about yeah. Chato's Land is that he's just hunting down some cowboys that wronged him when he rode into town. Oh, I haven't seen it. I just know he plays an Indian. Yeah, well, there's like no yeah, other character. He is shredded in that, in that as well. Yeah, he was shredded well into his like fifties or sixties. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but anyway, um, <laughs> I also back think to like it, it, back to Seagull. I think it's funny that uh, like he he loves his wife. She dies. He goes into coma. He meets Kelly LeBrock. LeBrock? Le- yeah, LeBrock. I keep getting confused with Kelly Brook. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, and then he starts a romance with her, but like to him, that's a day after his wife died. Yeah, I noticed yeah. that. Yeah. Well, like yeah, yeah weeks <laughs> weeks after his wife died, at least. Well, that's why I bring up the you know after they have a whole lovemaking scene, where she comes in and you know drops a rose behind her when she starts banging him, and but anyways, when it's all done, he it's it's just him and he's staring at himself, disgusted in the mirror. And that's when he decides to go kill everybody because <laughs> he's mad at himself. Yeah, <laughs> like it's so weird. Yeah, so I said he's he's hard to kill. <laughs> the love making. One point, the love making scene. They're, they're both on the floor, and she's just mm. like, "Oh, this feels so good." Everyone's like, "What is he doing?" But he's just like touching Sque- her belly, <laughs> squeezing her butt, and he does it to yeah. his wife too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just on that sweaty, dirty gym floor. Get on. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but yeah. Um, well, this film is excellent. Yeah. And, uh, We're gonna have to argue about it in the power rankings at the end. I can yeah. tell. Um, but yeah, we we got to talk about a second movie that I feel we've gone really long and hard to kill to postpone having to do any discussion. Of 2018, 19? 19. 2018's General Commander, Steven Seagal's second to last film. And I want to put film in quotation marks. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's a joke, but it's also, I think you said it, originally two separate TV episodes? Yeah, well, this was, uh, to my knowledge, it started out as a TV episode. It was a, a TV show. It was announced to be nine episodes of 45 minutes of this uh, yeah, action show about Steven Seagal preventing World War Three or whatever. Uh, nothing about uh, organ harvesting in that original pitch, as I remember. And, um, and then at some point, it just seemed like, oh, no, they're not shooting this TV show anymore. And then a movie came out of it in the end. And, yeah, because it was... Um, 
I've read, read, I've seen it's nine part show or uh, ten, twelve part shows, but uh, uh, so I don't know what it really was. But uh, yeah, it was uh, then mysteriously around the time there ended up coming some <coughs> allegations about both Seagal and this movie's co-writer Bay Logan. Uh, what movie again? The, the, he was co-creating the show in the original announcement. Uh, for those that don't know, Bay Logan was like a big. It was a guy who was got, rose to fame with the first wave of like Hong Kong exports to DVD in uh, 2000. He was uh, also a close collaborator of Harvey Weinstein in uh, with the Hong Kong branch, and he has kept his uh, nickname of Hong Kong's uh, Harvey Weinstein, so to speak, because uh, they're still doing the same thing. It used to be movies, now it's. Uh, allegations of uh, continuous sex pests but yeah both Seagal and Bay Logan had some allegations come up and suddenly they weren't really making this TV show long anymore and then a movie comes out a bit later that definitely feels like it's cut together from two episodes of a TV show that wasn't finished <laughs> and also it's it's good that they start with the quote or not quotes but the text about harf- uh, sorry, organ harvesting yeah, you couldn't really tell that that's what's happening in the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, movie o- movie opens with some opening text scrawl, which is always a, a good sign of of a movie. <laughs> so, are, are, you uh, dissing, are you dissing Star Wars? Yeah, no, he's dissing Blade Runner. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a difference between setting up a, a world in the future and reminding people that organ organ harvesting is happening. And it's bad. <laughs> mm. oh, well, you know what? And suddenly I understand this movie. <laughs> so I, I, have... I, 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 the only positive thing I'm going to say about this movie really is that it, and, and this is on the edge of positive, is that it feels more like a Seagal movie than the last one we watched where Seagal actually does stuff in this movie. That is well, true. He is, yeah. he is sort of the lead when he doesn't disappear for large parts of the movie, and it's just his team hanging out. But he's a very mostly, central character. I just want to know why Brandon liked it so much. Oh, okay. I didn't <laughs> like it, but I th- I'd give it like a 5 out of 10. I mean, I think it was surprisingly watchable considering its reputation as one of the worst Steven Seagal movies of all time. Like, when they're, as a team, functioning and they're going on, like, their little mission to prevent organ harvesting, I was like, okay, I can get behind this a little bit. I mean, it's not great entertainment, but I can get behind this. And there's some parts where I was kind of like, okay, this is pretty boring. But when they're on their missions, I was like, I mean, this is passable at times. I I just also want to say, I wasn't on the last episode. This is my first, like late period Steven Seagal so I was also sort of like really morbidly curious about this one so I enjoyed it sort of as like a, a showpiece for that part of his career like a swan song well I've seen clips of him not getting out of his chair to do a fight <laughs> okay, so okay. Like really <laughs> yeah, he... but never never one of the movies from that period so I was just like really curious about this one and it was, well, w- it was interesting I was genuinely surprised uh, twice 
like one was Seagal um, hurriedly coming up the stairs with a gun <laughs> in his hand. I, I just, because of that exact same thing where I was not used to him moving. <laughs> and then another time where he got up and fought a dude with a knife and he was standing the entire time. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's and even it, a shot of him walking, but they cut away so fast. Like, <laughs> did he just do two steps? I don't, I don't know. Yes. But he was yelling at the guy, let's make a deal. <laughs> and I went, oh, he's like enunciating. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. yeah. There I are a, a suspicious amount of times when he's talking and we don't see his mouth. Though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, his when he's given his deep state rant, I went, oh, they just left the camera on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, just, yeah. he's like, there's two governments, uh, and one is uh, kind of nefarious, uh, and um, we've been betrayed by the government. Uh, and um, But uh, it's also like, yeah. you're you're saying this to the, the head of operations for the CIA. She's... Like, and she just has nothing to say to anybody. She just keeps asking them the same questions. <laughs> but you'd think she would just go, no shit. Now let's like, t- let's talk about our, <laughs> this operation. That we're, <laughs> like, what are, you, what are you telling me shit I don't already know? Like, what, are you, what is going on here? I was also a little confused because it opens with, uh, well, that scene opens with the text, CAA headquarters, Bangkok. <laughs> and then he's talking about this country. I was like, is he talking about America or <laughs> Thailand? We'll never know. <laughs> no. But but also, like, this scene is supposed to be a flash forward. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. But then they do another flash forward. Yeah. The but, because the, just... it, the mission we see right after happens before this conversation, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I also just had a lot of fun imagining this character actually being Leslie Nope instead of just looking like her. A lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, she looks just looks like, like her. No, I thought yeah. the exact same thing. Yeah, and and I don't even watch Parks and Rec, but I I, knew, I thought the exact same thing when I saw her. It would have been so much better. <laughs> yeah. Also, it, they keep using like weird CGI stuff, where they have like um, lenses, like contact lenses that transfer video and it just it, it yeah. makes it so much cheaper yeah and, the, and like it works where, by voice command yeah and uh, like at one point she says like oh stop recording <laughs> and it just stops recording mm. yeah and there's like the scene when the guy is trying to escape in a car and uh, one of the team members shoot him and then there's like a oh, there's a pov shot from inside the car with a cgi windshield with blow it's like <laughs> why would you why would you add that to, to you're, you're almost doing a passable action scene here, and you're just like, <laughs> no, I want to make sure it can look like shit. <laughs> yeah. I like how the contacts, contact lens that the character is wearing loses focus as he, his actual eyes losing focus, as if like, yeah, it's like this doesn't make sense. But it's there's a lot of terrible CGI blood in there too. But I don't know, not the worst I've seen. Not well, it's when they when they flipped the car at the end of the movie. And the, the little car crash yeah. uh, is the sole reason this didn't just get a half a star for me. <laughs> I went, oh, they actually did something. <laughs> yeah. And the, the CGI helicopter comes out at the end shooting at them at point blank range and manages to miss with miniguns somehow. And the guy takes out an RPG yeah. and shoots it down and says something about Christmas for some reason. Yeah. Because yeah. Merry yeah. Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, is this a Christmas movie? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make any sense. 
My guess is that that actor had just watched The Expendables. <laughs> I remember Terry Crews saying, remember the shit at Christmas? And went, oh, yeah, I got to say a Christmas line after I use my big gun. Oh. Also, but when yeah. that guy showed up in the opening credits, his picture, I was like, holy shit, they got Peter Stormare for this. <laughs> oh. No, he just looked like him. So in the uh, speaking of the opening credits, uh, I'll say a weird thing. I thought maybe I was having a stroke because of <laughs> all the names. I was just like, "What are these real people's names?" It was just the longest credits, and there was all these names. I was like, "This is gibberish." Yeah, <laughs> it's actually just East Eastern Europe, but yeah. the, the <laughs> blonde like, lady, the blonde yeah. lady who shows up for one scene is in the opening credits. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Rush opening hell. credits, the end credits is all just padded out to <laughs> force the runtime to ah. what I think is a measly 86 minutes. But it, like, uh, it, it says that, but it is, well, I guess technically the movie's not that long, though. The movie is like barely, if you like remove maybe, the, it's, maybe it's like 75 minutes, maybe. Yeah, if you remove the opening and the ending credits, like, you'd be left with. Uh, barely an hour, probably. <laughs> and there's just a, a ton of stock footage they have to establish the location every single time they go somewhere there's so much but the real killer is that nothing in this movie has any pacing i was watching that scene where one by one the characters just get up from a chair and then (laughs) fade out of the scene Mm. and they do and i I was like they're not going to do this to every fucking character and they sure enough I do, and nobody's looking at each other because I was I was watching this scene, and I go, "There's no fucking way Seagal's in the same room as these actors," and then I realized none of these actors are there. It's all just they're all shot separately, and this is a composite shot, and they they fade out every single character, and they do it one by one. This scene takes fucking forever, <laughs> and I, I was like. Oh my god! What do I got myself into? I was watching this scene. I started immediately like writing, like typing in Discord about. It. I was like, "What the fuck?" Is? <laughs> and I like the scenes where like, they're I grieving. just started laughing. Yeah, or the, it just goes on forever. Them like grieving with the dramatic music in the background. Like, I can't believe we, I can't believe he's dead. I can't believe we missed this character that we just introduced for like two seconds, and now he's dead. And it goes on for yeah. like ten minutes of people grieving and crying and visiting priests. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and this lady's oh, I never thought I could love until I met him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he was my best friend, and I'm not torn up about it. Whatever. But they would... So much. I said something about how they just can't... Why can't they just be concise? That scene with the blonde lady you're talking about, they walk in, she basically makes a deal within like 30 seconds of the scene with him and then they make the same deal again and again <laughs> and again to keep agreeing to agree i'm like why is this why isn't this ending why are they still talking wait what are they agreeing to i don't even she's she, oh. uh, she's giving them resources so they can continue operations i think is what the idea oh, is oh oh that blonde i sorry I, I was confusing her with leslie nope i thought you meant no no but both and and her scenes are maddening they feel like a fucking nightmare <laughs> i can't get out of i also just didn't get like the mission the guy died on the mission but it feels like the cia saying oh you're all fired because somebody died on a dangerous cia mission. <laughs> i was fine with that I, part it doesn't but... make, 
Okay. Well, then, but they—they're all in the room with her. She's like, "Well, uh, we're we're ceasing operations because it's apparently too dangerous, or something." And then she's still in the room with them, and they go, "No, well, we're just gonna do it anyways. Yeah, we're just gonna stay on board." I'm like, yeah. "Like what? You, you, what are you talking about? This is like the scene, like that boss should have left, and then they all amongst themselves agree. Let's no, let's continue on. We don't need her." We don't need all of the, any of her resources or something, but she's still in the room. So this scene just keeps going, and then they just one by one fucking walk out, and it, they fade out of the scene. They literally do like a 2002 style like Final Cut Pro edit. Where they just walk <laughs> out, and you're just like, "Oh my god, guys!" <laughs> oh, it was. Uh, this is this is one of the worst movies I've ever watched in my life. And it was I, so hard. It was it was terribly made. It was a bad movie, but I don't think I was really like bored or I, I, I wouldn't angry say I was bored. with how bad it was. I was, but I was losing my mind. I was legitimately I was laughing, and I was when they when the guy in the flashback scene with the guy was uh, in the boxing, he's, he's shadow boxing or punching bag and whatever they want to call it, and he. Uh, gets in the fight with the other dude and they're just arguing over again things they already agree on <laughs> be a man I was like cr- yeah. yeah i was crying dude i was like laughing so hard because <laughs> it's so bad yeah yeah no and i was when, so zoned uh, out during this movie like uh, <laughs> i did zone out a couple of times yeah, i did yeah. too i think the only thing that woke me up was when i realized that the actor is playing is playing Charlie. I don't know if you remember him. He's just the old, one of the old guys in like a scene, but he's it's it's this old this guy that used to do Filipino schlock in the eighties. <laughs> called Don Gordon Green, uh, Don Gordon Bell. Sorry, Gordon Green's the guy who directed Halloween reboots. <laughs> Don Gordon Bell, and he did some of the like Richard Harrison and uh, Richard Norton uh, like schlock in the in the eighties. I'm like, hey, shit, that guy. That's fun. And um, yeah, does, I he, does he play like the the Thai cop, that guy? No, he's he's white. Oh shit! He's a, he's the yeah. old old white guy with a beard. The RPG guy yeah, he's he... on the helicopter. Oh no no no! Really? That's oh. that's a no. British actor. That guy's uh, this is this guy's like Byron in one Gisson. scene. Yeah, he's in. Uh, he was in Only God Forgives. If that's why you you might no not Don Gordon Bell. Byron Byron Gibson was in Only God Forgives. If that's why. You might remember him when you're thinking of Peter Stormare. Why do I say it in English? Peter Stormare. Um, <laughs> he's, he's Stormare. Uh, nah, you can. I can send you a clip of him from a trailer <laughs> saying it himself. <laughs> okay. Oh, I would like that actually. Yeah. Peter Stormare. Depends who's calling, man. Vi har lagt en en rollspel horror. Ja, du tränger lite Stormare Starfire. Star power. Uh, yeah, but no, yeah, he's in Only God Forgives. He's the, um, again, this Peter Stormare uh, look like he's in Only God Forgives. He's the guy being tortured in like the karaoke bar scene. If you've seen that one, is he the guy? That's why I've seen it, but I don't remember. It's like arms yeah, he sh- shoves the... like needles into his, knocked into the chair, into the legs, and then he drives an ice pick into his ear. That's he plays that guy. So if you recognize him, that might be. Mm. From that movie, and it's funny because in the next episode we're gonna cover attrition, which uh, the the guy playing the I'm not gonna try his name, but the guy playing the Thai cop, Vitaya Pansringarm, 
butchering that. He's in he's in attrition, so that's fun. Mm. I don't know if it's fun. Is it fun <laughs> for you? Write in an email if you think that's a fun coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but speaking of uh, weird European names, Ron Smor so sorry, Ron Smorenberg shows up for like one scene. Yeah, you have no no excuse for butchering that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which is like they're, he's a, they're after Steven Seagal and they tell him like oh go find Steven Seagal and kill him and he just immediately knows where to find him <laughs> McDonald's oh, yeah. like if it was that easy why did they need this guy I mean Ron Smoothenberg is also in Only God Forgives actually I think oh, there's yeah. a coincidence there where they just get the same people who are apparently live in Thailand and are white. Yeah, he Ron lives in uh, Thailand. <laughs> yeah, and works he's, there. he's probably best known for his fight scene in uh, The Protector with uh, Tony Yao. No, he's best known for uh, Who Am I with Jackie Chan. Oh, okay. I guess it depends on your age, which one of those fight scenes <laughs> you remember best. Okay. Well, he's known for two fights. Good for him. <laughs> Oh, yeah, well, that's what he does. He shows up in, in fight scenes. We're going to sh- see him again in uh, another Steven Seagal movie later on <laughs> that also shot down in Asia. Nice. Look forward to that. <laughs> so I will say I watched um, that Accented Cinema's video on Steven Seagal. He's a, I don't think I've ever seen him that angry about anybody. He's, ne- he's never that negative, and he hates You mean the, the guy from the channel? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then I was watching this. And I was like, "Oh, he's not like doing any of that stuff in this movie." And then the last like three minutes of the movie, <laughs> they were like, "God, yeah, he's got a little Asian wife, doesn't he?" <laughs> uh, the ending to this movie is so insane. I had to, I had to rewind it and watch it again. <laughs> and so, so spoilers for if you haven't seen General Commander. <laughs> But Steven Seagal basically just escapes. He goes rogue and abandons the CIA when they want him to turn over. And he goes to meet his wife in an unnamed Asian country where he just meets this lady, kisses her, and is like, I love you, <laughs> darling. I haven't seen you in so long. And then the CGI drone bombs him. <laughs> <laughs> Smash the credits. Yeah. Steven Seagal but- was just drone bomb (laughs) that's the end of your steven seagal movie so normally i would say they probably didn't tell seagal they were going to do that but this is produced by steamroller so i mean that's him so he decided that no the only way they could kill me is if they drone striked me Yeah, well, I'm guessing also that maybe he just said whenever they they'd shot these pilot episodes and they were like, oh well, it, we're not gonna complete this show. We're cutting it into movie. He was just like, oh yeah, fuck off, whatever. I don't give a shit. Pay me. <laughs> yeah. And just didn't. I don't. I'm I'm guessing Steven Seagal doesn't really watch his own movies anymore. What's yeah, probably not. <laughs> but they didn't need to do anything with the character. They could have just ended it after the. Yeah. He stabbed that guy. They could have just, but they could have just given him like the Jason Bourne ending, where he's like, "Oh no, he he escaped. They don't know where he is. He's outsmarter than them." Although he's probably used that like five or six times already in his other movies. <laughs> <laughs> this was just nonsense, and they he ends the last movie or his final movie ends as a fucking criminal, mm-hmm. and in this movie he's like, "No, they killed him." Bleh. 
he is just like dark and cynical now. That's what I, that's what I get when I watch this movie. Just this whole movie is kind of gross, <laughs> even if you just look at the subject matter. He, he's ugh, so there's no charm. There's nothing to like about this. Which the way it's edited, the way it's paced, it's it's a hideous movie. <laughs> there's a couple yeah. shots that I was like, that's well shot. That that scene is well shot, but mostly it's garbage all the way through. I, I, I almost like. Don't understand the plot of it too. It's just uh, they're battling a, a some Italian organ harvester, but who's also like an international crime lord of some sort. But it's all about all like all the scenes they're just doing organ harvesting. But all they talk about it's like it's World War Three, <laughs> and I, I don't connect how how I'm buying a liver on the the black market goes to whatever they're talking about. Yeah, I yeah, think I can't, it's, I, I can't help you there. <laughs> there's no thematic through line, so it's really just. I mean, the the basic idea is like, oh, these guys are trying to stop. Or a particular organ harvester, who's apparently the worst of the worst, but they can't. Uh, but he killed one of them, so now they're thinking about quitting, even though they all know who he is, what he looks like, all that. Uh, so then they're like, "No, well, let's actually go do it." And then they go do it. But in betwixt all of that is just a metric fuck ton of character melodrama. They're all really broken up about various things in their lives. And they're just crying and fighting with their families and with themselves about it. Except for Seagal, who just bitches about there being a deep state <laughs> back home. Steven Seagal seems really like, scary yeah. in this. I mean, like, I would not want to be on the same yeah. set as him, like, ranting about this kind of stuff. He seems like like an angry person who's, like, very intimidating. <laughs> you just, I would not want to be around him on set. Well, they're like, oh, uh, what happened to this guy? your teammate that died like could you tell us a little about how that mission went wrong and he was like the fucking country man it's split in two different sides and there's a there's a part that's <laughs> i never thought that there would be two different countries man and i was like what the fuck are you doing answer the like she asked a question and you're just like you went on a rant that had like a crazy uncle at thanksgiving <laughs> and nothing to do with what she's talking asking you about and then she's just like staring at him. He's like, "You don't even understand. You don't even know what I know." <laughs> and you're like, "Like what? What do you think she doesn't know? She's like the board or director of operations here. Like what? What is going on? <laughs> it's just bizarre, because it's clearly like they 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 didn't give him a script. They 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 just let turn the camera on when he was talking one time. <laughs> that that's what that is. And then they would shoot her. And she'd raise an eyebrow. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, bring in the other actor and we'll do the same thing and they'll give a monologue that they've prepared and it, <laughs> it's just like oh there's just nothing this doesn't this isn't a movie this is my point it's just <laughs> fucking random shit that they cobbled in and they were like now it's a uh, feature length okay we're good to go yeah i don't know <laughs> i mean i guess this was directed by I mean, I guess, I don't know if there was one director per episode, and that's why there's two directors, but Philippe Martinez, who did Wake of Death with Van Damme. Oh, shit. And that's the only other thing he's he's sort of known for. He seems to be pr- uh, 
primarily producing movies. I don't I don't know that much about him. It was like because Wake of Death and This is that's fourteen fifteen years apart. Well, he does have a particular um, fascination with Christmas movies. I see really. that too. He's made two Christmas movies with Kelsey Grammer following this and two Christmas movies set in the Caribbean. Yes. And the other director on this is Ross B. Clarkson, the W. Clarkson, I guess, who is a cinematographer who used to shoot uh, all of uh, Isaac Florentine stuff. He shot from Undisputed 2 to through Ninja 2. He was uh, Florentine's guy. So all that great stuff in like Undisputed Two, Undisputed Three, that's him shooting that. Hmm. He also has some yeah. some connections back to. <clears throat> he shot a Ringo Lamb movie in Hong Kong. I don't know anything about that, but I just see that that's like, okay. So I guess he's he's also coming through Asia. He's, these first couple of movies he shot was in in Asia, and then he he also shot Wild City for Ringo Lamb later. Huh. I guess there's something there that I didn't I didn't look into that I'm just discovering right now. <laughs> um, they also shot Derailed by Van Damme, which so I guess maybe he did both Van Damme and Seagal's worst movie. <laughs> well, there's uh, <laughs> and then go down in history. Yeah, and he also shot Philip Martinez's uh, one of Philip Martinez's Kelsey Grammer movies, and he shot a different Kelsey Grammer movie. Why are they all working with Kelsey Grammer now? Somehow, this, the Kelsey Grammer has wormed his way into the action scene, uh, and I, mean, I this, do not know how these, that happened. <laughs> none of these seem to be action movies, but somehow, this is how they, this they, is how he got the, in. The creative duo behind this movie has somehow worked on three different Kelsey Grammer movies afterwards. Well, the duo. So Phil Martinez. I wouldn't call them creative duo. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, and then well, Clarkson's also he's directed Distan, and uh, he directed something called Vixen, which was like a Chinese uh, remake of Die Hard from 2018, with like a lady. Hmm. In it. It's it's uh, supposedly really really bad, but uh, it's it's weird enough that we might have to check it out sometime. <laughs> but he's got this new one coming up that I'd like to be excited about called Last Kumite. Which is supposed to have Cynthia Rothrock, Matthias, who's Michelle Kesey, Kurt McKinney, Billy Blanks is in it. Richard Norton's supposed to be in it. Uh, the Mike Muller and um, like Bolo Young's son, uh, David, uh, all in it. It's like a crowdfunded project, and there's a trailer, so it's it's real. But ugh, between General Commander and uh, Vixen, I'm not sure if I'm excited <laughs> for that one anymore. Yeah, it's hard. I gotta wa- gotta watch it because I mean. Getting all those guys, even though I doubt they're gonna, they are gonna be doing most of the fighting anymore. I mean, they, Bolo Young's son is probably gonna do some of the fighting. And well, Matthias, who still turns up doing stuff, but Kurt McKinney's not like ancient. He could possibly do some stuff. Kurt McKinney's so funny that that and that because like it's like all of these that had like proper like big DTV career, and it's like Kurt McKinney did one and a half movies <laughs> <laughs> like he, he did no retreat no surrender that's all he really did he's in sort of justice and that's like 10 yeah. years later and that's like he, but, but somehow he gets treated like he's an action star in the same way i don't I know maybe he he's, he's, he's probably he should have he's great in no retreats no surrender yeah and i don't he's probably a, he's probably a really nice guy i shouldn't be shitting on him but <laughs> 
I, I've always, uh, or I, I used to always hope that he would be in more, but it just never materialized. I'm not really sure why. Yeah, well, I know he turned down um, No Retreat, No Surrender sequel because he didn't want to go. He just had a, they just had a baby, and he didn't want to go to the Philippines, which was dangerous at the time. And that's how we got Lauren Avedon. Ooh. Well, to be fair to him, uh, I would not at any point have even after I if uh, even after I've seen No Retreat No Surrender mm-hmm. 2 which I like I would not have considered turning that movie down a career killer but apparently no. it was yeah it's similar like Lauren Avedon only really did three movies and then he turned down a contract for PM that ended up going to Don Don the Dragon Wilson and same it was just a career killer for him yeah I guess you never know that's why Christopher Walken never turns down a role. <laughs> but yeah, uh, then what? we were talking is... about a movie once. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, but it's one of those things. The General Commander is so terrible that you will want to talk about anything but General Commander. Yeah. One last thing about name? it. Oh, sorry. Oh, um, I was going to ask what that game was that he was pimping out i thought it was called general command <laughs> steven seagal wasn't it i don't i can't remember what it was, called. was it tank oh. commander oh, i know he i've was... seen this i've seen uh schwarzenegger pumping all yeah before arnie did it seagal was doing it but i don't remember what game it was but i thought it was called general commander <laughs> oh well if you remember these yeah. ads send us an email <laughs> yeah, all, was... all out of bg at gmail.com I don't think I've asked for emails for weeks. I never, I never said email address. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it There's in the a Korean boy somewhere. Think like, oh, I know a lot about porn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot that was the first request we put in. <laughs> who who is General Commander? <laughs> Well, is it it's Seagal. Seagal. Yeah, he so yeah. he's a commander. He but what what kind of commander is he? He's like he's like a general. General <laughs> commander. You know. Like, yeah, because he he doesn't do a lot of specific yeah. commander. General isn't I his rank. Yeah, it's just he's just yeah. the he's, he's, general he's, he's, commander. He's a commander in general. <laughs> yeah. The general, the general yeah. of the commanders. But, but one last thing about general commander. This can't be true. But IMDb says that like um. Steven Scott was paid in Big Macs, or not Big Macs, but like McDonald's for a while. <laughs> that's what the IMDb, IMDb trivia page says. It can't be true. That, that's, I don't, that's not true. But, but It has to be someone going in and trolling. Yeah, that's, it's, it can't be true. He was paid in McDonald's for like several months after the end of the filming. But I don't know if that's I, I don't, true. I don't believe it. That must have been an earlier movie, though, right? No. Uh, yeah. That was Belly it's of the Beast. Few, yeah. <laughs> A few productions. Yeah, I can see that it is the most disliked uh, trivia on the page. So yeah, I'm assuming it's a joke. Yeah, it, it can't yeah. Be apparently, it. it took it. It says it took nine months to shoot this movie, which is insane. Like wow. that has to be something where about the TV show and schedule not continuous. and not and running out and some stuff because there's no way they shot for nine months. I believe nine up. months apart, maybe. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's why I'm like, this, if they put it is... together over the couple of years that it probably took to to make this, they're like, yeah, it's probably like nine months altogether. <laughs> Barely coming together. And then someone <laughs> finding finding all the stock footage and, and then editing it. Yeah, I, I, I believe it. There's no Foley work on uh, 
most of the fight scenes. So yeah, they were <laughs> like. Oh yeah, I also noticed like in the opening uh, scene where they do the the job basically, they make a point to show some of the characters putting silencers on their guns. Yeah, yeah, except one then character. All the guns sound like they have silencers yes. throughout the entire thing. Yeah, I noticed that even the uh, why. Yeah, how difficult is it to get a gun sound? It's <laughs> <laughs> just fucking lazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not the angriest I've ever been watching something, but it's So I found that game. It's called World of Warships. We are not sponsored by the shitty game. <laughs> but if they want to give us money, uh, it's yeah. a great game, and I would highly recommend that you pay seven ninety nine <laughs> to play it. Worldofwarships.eu. Go ahead. Have fun. It's probably, I'm, yeah, it's from six years ago, so it's probably not there anymore. But <laughs> but if, they but, look, uh, if they're looking to do a comeback, they know who to pay to promote it. <laughs> We we also take accept payment in McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, Brenton, you mentioned shortly the scene with the blonde Russian lady yes. on the yacht. Yeah. Like, that is a weird scene. Yeah. I, I, we, I think we should talk about it a bit <laughs> because it just it just kept going on. And, 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 and also, he's like supposed to be charming her, <laughs> but he just sits there. Just, saying nonsensical stuff with his sunglasses on. And, uh, it's so weird. He does speak in Russian, though. That's yeah, true. he shows off his, his language skills again. Well, she he speaks, like, entirely in Russian to her, and she keeps speaking in English. <laughs> like, everything that he responds yeah. with is a, is a little Russian, like, three-word sentence. <laughs> what is he saying? I'm from Romania. Yeah. I mean, I didn't. I, even, I didn't even register that part. I was watching it without subtitles because it, to watch it with subtitles would have required me to put the file on my laptop and watch it there, and that seemed like too much work for this movie. And I think at that point I was so sound out I didn't even realize he was speaking Russian. I thought he was just mumbling. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were. They did several scenes where they would just have people speaking an entirely different language. The, the girl and her family were all speaking Thai. And then there's yeah. the Italian guys that are just guys like, do you like pasta? I got pasta. You should bring pasta in here. Yeah. Here's some pasta. <laughs> yeah. Isn't, do you think that's too much pasta? <laughs> and guy's like, no, I'm Italian. That's not too much pasta. That's the entire dialogue. And then the guy's like, this is my daughter, by the way. Can you believe it? And they're like, like wow, wow, that is your daughter. Let's go back to the pasta. Like, oh, that's the, I think. In I think case you're movie, wondering what you're missing there, that's that's what the dialogue was. I think. <laughs> I think watching this with subtitles would have made me rank it, rate it even lower. <laughs> yeah, that's. I'm. I. I was just like losing my fucking mind watching the. I, this movie. I'm just glad I finally know what they were eating. <laughs> the best part, but yeah, I was lost. Oh, the best part of the pasta dinner is when they cut the guy's throat and he's like spewing blood all over the pasta, and they're like still eating the pasta and whatnot. Like, yeah, like oh, this is fine. I like the taste of blood. <laughs> I can't believe that uh, that this movie exists. But <laughs> that, that whole scene was like, oh, they didn't tell the actor probably that the person across from him was supposed to get his throat cut yeah so the guy's just like continuing eating like nothing's happening yeah 
<laughs> yeah, but like the this. blood the blood from the throat seemed practical. Oh yeah. Yeah, what is? Yeah. But it's not hitting hitting him or anything because yeah. it's you know these are two different shots. It's just like second unit of him eating the pasta. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's reverse shot. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, when it cut to Seagal on the boat with the lady, it was one of the other times I just started laughing again because they did about thirty seconds of like stock footage establishing shots, and then they're like, "There's a boat. There's a dock." Well, the first they show like the city. And then they go to the dock, and then they show a bunch of boats, and then you hear the dialogue start, and then it's him on a boat, and I was just like, this is incredible, because it's just it's so fucking like, like, oh, we're just wasting as much time as we can. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, because, I mean, we got to talk about the credits too then. <laughs> okay. They just they well, replay scenes from the entire movie during the end credits to pad it out even more. Yeah, like, well, even the movie ends, and then they they stick another, like, five seconds in of a beach somewhere. It's like a random shot. And then the, and then mm. they start playing the scenes from the movie. But I was like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> like, it, this is right before the credits even start. They just throw this shot. Like He's like, I got one more bit of stock footage I haven't used yet. <laughs> I just put it in there. <laughs> That'll push it right over to seventy-six minutes. There we go. <laughs> now it's feature length. Like it's wild, yeah. but yeah, um, we should probably bring up the, the those credits though because what, what's that girl gal's name that's in the movie? There, she's singing the song. Oh, Mika it's something. her. Yeah, Mika Avier. Yeah, yeah she's. Oh yeah. She, yeah, we got a she's theme one of the song. Team? Yeah, she's the yeah, chick yeah. on the motorcycle. The one who goes oh, to the preacher. It's like, Father, I've sinned. I've killed mm-hmm. again. <laughs> I had a hard time telling the two ladies on the team apart at times. Yeah, it's because they didn't give them anything to do but crying. <laughs> and, and ride a bike. Like this one's, But this one's the badass one who slicks her hair back. <laughs> so you're like, okay, I guess yeah, I can. And she sings the theme song, mm-hmm. General Commander, <laughs> which is, I did not expect this to end on a, on a title song. <laughs> Bring those back. I like those. And then, obviously, the best part of the whole song is that about two and a half minutes in, we get a rap verse where some guy <laughs> goes, yeah, breaking arms like Steven Seagal, united we stand, divided we fall. <laughs> oh, that's, oh, that's some... Deep state, man. Yeah, it's some quali- state. quality rhymes there. <laughs> Beautiful. That's, uh, eat your heart out, uh, Drake, whoever's popular in the... Rap, rap scene now. <laughs> but yeah, she's, I don't know what her, her story is, um, this actress, but she has spent the last few years being in all these like cheapo disaster movies. Um, they're directed by this Jared Cohn guy. And, but apparently at one time she fancied herself a singer and contributed to a title track for Steven Seagal's General Commander. <laughs> Oh, she's in the new Transmorphers. <laughs> wow. All right. With Tom Arnold. <laughs> Holy shit. Full circle. Well, I don't know if that's a step up or a step down from General Commander. <laughs> I don't know. The I've new, never... New, new, new Asylum Transmorphers. <laughs> Not never... even the classics. Is Mega Piranha, is that Asylum or is that somebody else? I might be sci-fi. Oh, yeah. You're sure. sci-fi, you're right. Yeah. Asylum primarily does the ones that uh, the title sounds like it's a uh, a movie you've heard about. Yeah, 
And they did Sharknado, I guess that was there. Oh yeah, yeah. I seen that one. I don't. Oh. I don't think that yeah, one have... was. It was trying to sound like something else. Well, it's trying to sound like two things: shark and tornado. <laughs> <laughs> so clever. Well, the only the only one that stands out for me that I I remember is uh, Mercenaries. Oh yeah. Cynthia Rothrock and Bridget Nielsen. No. Christina Loken. Yep, that's the one. Yeah. And yeah. directed by Fred Olin Ray's son. Oh, mm. I didn't know Christopher Ray was. Yeah, that's okay. Fred Olin Ray's son. The one he, he took out to Hollywood with him when he was being a, a, a single dad slash making 12 movies a year. <laughs> that's fun. No? Uh, yeah. is, there, is there anything else we should talk about? Don't no. go watch this movie. I'm just going to warn people. Oh, yeah, we have to do the... We, we, we started the Steven Seagal power rankings last episode. Okay. So we it did start. So you start at the bottom, I guess. We got hard to kill above or below Beyond the Law. Above, above. Yeah. I have I have not seen Beyond the Law, so I. Well, <laughs> I'm assuming. <laughs> Take our word for it. I it's, think you ah yeah. oh, you should have to watch it. You have to go <laughs> now. No, I yeah, above above. Beyond the law, for <laughs> sure. Uh, and then, of course, the question is, above or below, above the law, above, above, above. <laughs> for me, hard to kill is below, above the law. I'd put hard to kill above, above, above the law. Yeah, Ooh. I'm sensing that for both of you guys. So, Brenton, you are, where do you stand on it? Yeah, I'm going to say above the law is better. Ooh. Yeah, so that's where we have... Uh, we have ourselves a standoff. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> well, it's your show. Okay, well, then Hard to Kill is definitely uh, second for now in this extreme power ranking of four movies. <laughs> and, well, General Commander, uh, below Beyond the Law for me, dead last. I'd put it no above question. Beyond the Law, personally. I thought Beyond the Law was just kind of boring. And General Commander, it's not boring. It's not good, though, but it's not boring for the most part. <laughs> not good, but it's not. <laughs> no, I felt like Beyond the Law was just like it felt like someone actually started and finished making a movie <laughs> where General Commander just felt like, oh yeah, here's some scenes, whatever. <laughs> yeah, that is true. It's though. uh, it's offensively lazy. So I'm, I'm guessing. I swear. Did you guys notice there was was a jump cut in a shot of somebody talking? I don't remember. No, that would require me to pay way more attention to General <laughs> Commander than I was able to. I probably did notice it, but there was a certain point where I was just like... You just thought it was your brain deleting the yeah. memory of this movie as you watched it. <laughs> yeah. Well, they so they kept doing this thing that where they would they would do the bleached out edits and yeah. the, oh, the flash God. edits. What the fuck was that? Oh my... I know. So I wanted bad. to like peel my eyes off. I just... <laughs> I was like, stop doing that. Stop. Please stop doing this. Yeah, everything about this movie was pretty fucking bad. So. Yeah, just yeah. like a close up of Seagal's hairline with that bleach thing, and you're like, I don't even know what I'm looking any at anymore. Are they like trying to highlight it or trying to disguise it or what? What, what is this? What are? What am I looking at? Make it stop, please. <laughs> I don't know if there's gonna be a worse Seagal movie. Um, because I remember really not liking, what was it? I, I can't even remember the name of these movies, but this one might be the worst. 
I have one or two here that I'm looking at that I'm I'm worrying could reach <laughs> even lower levels. I'm hoping that they could be more fun, but there's like Asian Connection and Perfect Weapon are two that I've I'm I'm really not looking forward to watching because they seem very bad. But the big one is China Salesman, which we are. Uh, it's uh, not next episode, but the episode after that will be China Salesman. I'm and excited to is, watch that one. It's two hours long, <laughs> two hour long Chinese propaganda movie. Mm. Yeah, I <laughs> ironically named like fantastic yeah and i'm i'm worried about how like what level of watchable that one will be i remember thinking and this is i I, i'm like already like no i have to revise this in my own head but i remember thinking attack force is gonna be the worst thing i ever watched of his but this is so far worse that i'm Honestly, I'm looking forward to everything else. <laughs> yeah, I think by the time we've we've gone through all the newer stuff and you get back to like the mid 2000s, you're gonna be nostalgic for it. <laughs> <laughs> I like Attack Force. I think it's enjoyably bad. Uh, I like the way your head works. <laughs> okay, okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like uh, yeah. I. When, I, when I saw I like submerged, like, but you will probably hate that one. I've seen submerged. Wait. I think oh, submerged. Oh, your hate for submarine movies. Oh. I think submerged is fun. Submerged is all right. I mean, they're only on yeah. submarine for like five minutes, even though it like makes it sound like it's going to be like 10 hours of submarine action. But they're only on it for like about 10 minutes, and there's a fight or two on it. So submerged is all right. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, I'm looking forward to re-watching that one, actually. That's a waxwork guy, right? Yeah. Anthony Hickox. Just yeah. passed away. Yeah. It's just like, I was like, why, do I, why did I have him in my head already? It's like, yep, that's right. Yes, yeah, because I brought it up like three weeks ago. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not long ago, I well, I guess it was a long ago now, depending on depending on your opinion. But I watched uh, Stormcatcher for a podcast I was on, and he directed that too. So I've not watched that one. And uh, Lundgren, right? Yep. And Jill the Ripper, same deal. Oh yeah, for the I must break this podcast. Yep. Jill yeah. the Ripper, which almost ended up on our Christmas episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's always next year. Did it? It's uh, well, it's a Christmas-based one, so an Adolf Lundgren and Christmas would have been possible. How much to, BDSM uh, yeah. do you yeah. want in your Christmas? <laughs> well, <laughs> turkey's not the only thing getting stuff. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, keep that in because it'd be fun to see if he makes that joke again when we do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will. But all right. But uh, do you have the ranking then, uh, Rod? Oh, well, I, I believe it will be above the law, hard to kill, beyond the law, and then general commander dead last. <laughs> dead last. Okay. Yeah. For the time being. I mean, you know what's interesting is we're still at the beginning uh, and, and, and the end, I guess. But <laughs> I think all of the beginning stuff, it's actually, I think it's kind of tough to order this, a lot of these, because there are actually, most of these ones in the beginning are really good. Yeah, and uh, well, I'm generally excited for the next double feature we're doing, which will be marked, marked for death and uh, attrition, attrition, which I think yeah. attrition is probably the sole spot of sunlight in this late run. I have hopes for it. Like Seagal wrote that, he was really invested in it, and he got Donnie Yen's stunt people to come and work on it. Hmm. So I think the fight stuff is also going to be 
pretty good. And Mark Finesse just fucking rules. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's the best one. Yeah. That's the one that might beat Hard to Kill for my favorite. Really? That's, yeah. I, I think that's my favorite that isn't on Deadly Ground, which, because on Deadly Ground will always be my favorite, because it's the most Steven Seagal. <laughs> you just can't beat yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised at how much uh, I really liked on Deadly Ground because I had heard my entire life how much of a joke it is, and it is kind of a joke, but holy shit, does that movie, like, rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone was like, oh, you're under, under Siege, you can love Under Siege, and then I ended up loving Under Siege 2. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love Under Siege 2, too. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um, actually looking forward to, like, all of those. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. All right, should we wrap it up now on this one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So that is the story, and we're sticking to it. No, uh, <laughs> we've got got a uh, one great early one and one uh, absolutely uh, terrible late one. Yeah, uh, some of the real atrocious stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Starting to wonder. I mean, this is exactly why I wanted to do this, but I'm already two episodes in i'm thinking why did i want to do this (laughs) (laughs) i well like i said i'm looking forward to the rest because uh i feel like it can only get better from here all right and then next (laughs) next week we'll be back with another hall of fame introduction episode this time mads mickelson the danish actor so we'll see you for then for that and uh looking forward to mm -hmm. that one yeah Join the Patreon, visit the website, learn about Marty's uh, Icarus-like uh, Action Top 250 project. <laughs> yes, thank you very much. Yeah, uh, Trying to spread a word about that. I'll put a link to that in the episode description, too. Why not? Thank you. Yeah, Patreon, website, Discord, those things. Join them. I'll links to most of that in the episode description again, probably. Why not? It makes sense to put it there. If you're listening to this, uh, you can just open it and there it is. Yeah. But, uh, thanks, uh, all you guys, for joining, and thank you to anyone listening. You guys have a great day. Yeah, have a good day. Bye. Bye bye. Bye.